Hello and welcome back to another episode of Our Generation on Air. Now, last week we were all, I think, slightly worried that Micah would have missed the opportunity to <laughs> finally come on and talk about a QPR win. But, but last Friday night, QPR took their chance up at Preston to make it two wins in two and light a fire under our charge for the league title, of course. Um, because of that, Micah, you now have the chance to talk about a QPR win. You get to talk about that result. Yeah. You, you, you must be ecstatic at last to finally get this opportunity. Do you know what it was as well for me? It's not only a QPR win against Stoke, but Willock scored as well. And I was thinking, God, like like two things that I've spent the last like year talking about on the podcast. Willock scored uh, twice now in in both twice. Those wins. He scored, he scored against Preston. I don't know if you've seen him point into the camera and say that was for you, Micah. But yeah, um, I, th- I thought I noticed that. I thought you sort of like said he wasn't pointing. He, he wasn't pointing at chair. I don't, I don't no, 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 no. You're closer to, yeah, to Willock than. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, a few sort of, I, I guess, kind of. Um, what's the word? Ah, this has already gone off the rails. Uh, housekeeping, that's it. A few housekeeping sort of things to mention. Last week, um, when I was just on with Ben, I forgot to mention the QPR mashup kit. Um, oh god, and then you've left it to me, so now I have to talk about it. Uh, you have to talk about it, yeah. So, um, apparently, it's sold out now. That's the that's the update we've all had on it. I, it's just horrendous. And I was I was really angry actually when it first sort of like got announced because I just looked at it and thought this is a, a massive money grab from the club to be honest. Like it's just trying to take advantage. You know, they're clearly going down the lines of sort of we'll make money through literally anything if it's legal. You know, we'll <laughs> rename this. We'll sponsor you with that you know you can that kit shouldn't have been legal let's, let's make well that's clear. the thing yeah that shouldn't have been legal <laughs> should have very much be illegal uh and yet there it is um being poisoned for our eyes and it's just it's a horrendous thing because i think like you know i i do i do love a qpr kit i'm a bit of a mug when it comes to qpr kits i will go and buy pretty much just about anything but i won't buy that you know yeah, I, do you want to know what's funny about it though is like Every single one of those kits are really nice, like in their own right. They're really nice kits. It's like some, yeah, it's like, like yeah, by like, large. Like, pink kit is in there for some reason. I like, like the pink. We 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 spoke about this before, but I like the pink kit personally. I, the, I just... the thing about that, the pink kit is that I feel like it should only ever be. You should only remember the pink kit for the seven-one loss to West Brom, and then. Like Steve McLaren coming out after the game and first thing saying, "Well, I don't know how that happened." <laughs> uh, more, more, more repressed memories coming back to the fore. <laughs> but it's just clearly sort of like, what kits have we got the rights to, and what kits can we current have we got currently in the retro range? Yeah. We're going to put them all together. It's like, like some. It's like they were sat around the table, and I got to be careful here because I'm I'm going to ruin my chance of ever being like a kit designer for QPR. But <laughs> it's like they sat around the table, a bunch of them, and they were like, "Oh, I like that um that Binetone kit we got promoted in in 2004. Oh yeah, I like that too. Oh, do you know what I like? I like the the one from the 80s. Oh yeah, I like that one too. Oh, me personally, I really like the green and white one from our first season in the championship. Yeah. What if we just 
why don't we just put them all together? Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea, yeah. So you're saying they didn't go into that meeting knowing that they were going to create the mashup kit. So what was the point of the meeting have. in the first place? Like They can't have. They can't have. They they were in there just talking about, like, I don't know, Jamie Curitan or something. <laughs> and it's turned oh, into that. The, the other thing as well is that I don't think that there's many sort of, like, rules when it comes to mashup kits, clearly, because otherwise the first rule of it would be don't do it. Um, but uh, looking at it, I feel like you have to at least try your best to make it look like a normal football top in the sense that like, you know, when foot where certain things go, they must go there. So a sponsor has to go across the chest unless you like it's a French league in which every part of the shirt is covered in sponsors. You know, the badge has to be where a badge goes. The make of the shirt has to go where the make of the shirt goes. Not like they've done and put like the green and white Brooks one and then had the Brook like half the Brooks logo yeah. sort of on the lower left bit. And then if yeah, you look in the, the back, there's two one. QPR badges just sort yeah. of erroneously stuck there. It's like, it's just, what? It's, it's like, it's not, I don't like mashup kits as it is, but it's not even like a good attempt at a mashup no. kit. It's a, it's one of the worst ones I've ever seen. And I, I know someone who has bought it and, um, I, 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 I I, I like them less, is what I'm trying to yeah. say, Micah. I like them less. <laughs> <laughs> and how often do you visit them in the asylum? <laughs> well, if, you, if the asylum you're referring to is Loftus Road, then I'll probably see him on Saturday. It's definitely an asylum. Yeah. Definitely an asylum. Definitely asylum. Uh, another thing, we did sort of briefly talk about it before the podcast. It's very controversial, but um, the, the working title I've got for this episode is Naked Ken Dolls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, as internet search histories go, that is crazy. That is <laughs> insane. Do you reckon he had it like ready to go? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I just, I have no words. Honestly, like, if, if we want to talk about like the actual like content of what he said. I have an opinion, but the Kendall stuff, I have not got a clue what is going on there. <laughs> just, I'm completely like dumbfounded by that. And, the, and the thing is, like, the thing is, like, it's not just one photo. There's like four or five different ones. Yeah, I don't and, like, think I'm fully caught up them, with like, all the tweets. I, I just sort of like they slowly made their way into the group chat today. But um, it, you know, this is ultimately the, the real story here is that it's a, a I, it's, I don't know what sort of adjective to use because I'm not like surprised in the slightest that this individual has been tweeting stuff like this like it seems very <laughs> seems very on brand for him it seems like the sort of thing that like wouldn't have been that far off and it's just I guess like I said a, a little bit earlier disappointing that he is still or always will be intrinsically linked to QPR because of his playing time. And he did some stupid things whilst he was here, like getting sent off at Man City. Footballing-wise, that's not a great thing to do. But, like, yeah. you know, not su- surprising the slightest what's, ha- what's happening here and playing out over social media. Yeah, I, I, I think, and we said it before the pod, in it? Like, his managerial career just kind of gone up in smoke, which... It's supposedly good news for the next time we need a new manager so we don't have to hear Barton, Derry and Hill 
as our next <laughs> managerial trio. But um, it, 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 re- it reeks of a man who's realised that like his managerial career is like confounded to probably League Two, his next job, mm. like at best, considering what's happened with Bristol Rovers. Um, and yeah, you've got to make a decision at the end of the day, you know, you you got to put you got to put food in the fridge somehow, and you know some people will do that with honor. Some people will find other ways to do it, a self-respecting way. He's clearly decided he wants to go down the Piers Morgan GB News, um, yeah, difference of opinion kind of route. So do you know what? It's just uh, it's not going to be the last we hear about this either. I did sort of say earlier, like it's, it's in five minutes he'll be on GB News or something like that, and then like. See the Piers Morgan tweet that he's going to be on his show this evening, and you know, birds of a feather, as they say. Yeah, like it's just it, it, he'll be he'll have a show on there at some point, or he'll be like their sports correspondent, and it will be so strange. And there's going to be endless amount of tweets and clips and stuff like that, which is yeah. the best way to di- digest GB News through tweets mocking their low production value. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Yeah, it is what it is. It, it, it's like you said, when I clicked on his page today and I seen in his bio, formerly of Man City, Newcastle, and then QPR, I was like, oh, I was hoping he'd forgot. Can he not say Marseille? <laughs> Can he not say Marseille? <laughs> Marseille. <laughs> More Marseille than he is Rangers. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just... It's just a thing, I guess, and it's it's bad. It's bad, you, you know. The the views that he's been expressing, quite obviously, are not views that we yeah. hold ourselves. And like, you know, yeah. This, I, I, I think, I don't, want to put, I don't want to give him too much attention, but it's yeah. also kind of point of view where I'm like, I don't even like. If he had a point, then I couldn't understand the naked Kendalls, but I could maybe like hear him out but I don't really understand it like you have Laura Woods you have Alex Scott who does football focus you have um Karen Carney that's on some like there's not really like that many like most Sundays I am watching Roy Keane tell people yeah. that they do their job do you know what I mean like, <laughs> like yeah like the, the the standard of punditry I think in general is just <clears throat> it's just not great and I think a lot of that is because you don't have time to actually do some proper analysis everything is sort of like squeezed in as quickly as possible monday night football is the only one where like they can actually sort of have the time to properly analyze stuff and i i don't think that's appealing to the wide majority so people just want sound bites they want roy Keane to say like look at they want to see him sort of get angry with bruno fernandez for a billionth time whilst michael richards is giggling in the corner like (laughs) that's not it's also as well, I feel like a lot of the narratives as well are already like decided by social media anyway. Mm. Yeah. So most of the time, um, I feel like pundits are being told, oh, they're saying that um that that Newcastle goal, the ball actually had gone out, it hadn't gone in. We need to talk about this because this is what people are talking about. Um so it kind of like I don't know, this point just kind of falls flat because it's like I, I don't know. It, it it just kind of falls flat because it's like there's so many people that talk about football that have nothing to do with football. Like I, I do not begrudge like Thogden and Sharky does sports and all these other guys that like have never played the professional game, but still talk about football because people just like 
want to talk about football. Well, that's what people do, isn't it? Anyone, you know, even people that don't like football have to end up talking about football. Yeah. Like, there's always that person in the office who's like, doesn't, he doesn't like football himself, but he knows that you do. And he knows you're a QPR fan. So he'd be like, oh, did you, you know, did you win at the weekend? And he's not expecting you to launch like, well, you know, we did, we won him. It was, it was so good because of X, Y, Z. He just wants <laughs> we to played a three, a two, five in yeah, like, he, he doesn't, he's not cared. He's not caring about the analysis. He just wants to start a conversation with you. And oh. it's, that conversation will lead into something else. And he'll probably yeah. say, oh, I'm like a soft Liverpool fan. <laughs> something like that. He's not watched a game in years, but he used to be a Liverpool fan because you had to be a fan of something at school. Like you know, just that everyone talks about football and everyone should talk about football. No one should be stopped unless you're, you know, saying something absolutely horrible. Moving on to the actual football then, uh and QPR's 2-0 win. I guess actually just before that, the game against Stoke. We'll see I've talked about it, Ben's talked about it. You what I did fit in your point about like yeah. team uh I'm pointing to my head here. Like mentality. attitude, mentality, that's the word. But anything <laughs> else that you kind of wanted to say about that Stoke game, you know, were you over the moon just to finally see a win? Sorry, I just enjoy watching you like tap your head with your pen trying to remember the <laughs> word mentality. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't visualize it. That's what why I went wrong. I didn't visualize it. World class basic. Yeah. Um we um yeah, no, nah, it was it was it was funnily enough, I I said this to my dad after the game. I think it was actually of the four performances up to that point that we'd had under Marty, it was probably the worst. Like we were giving the ball away a lot. There was just like a lethargy about the players. Um Honestly, for the first time with this group of players, the best they played was when we were two one down. Like when we would like normally we would go two one down and heads will drop. But this is the first time I've watched us go two one down. And it, it, it may be the experience, it may be some of the, the older heads that are in the team now, like Begovic and Cook. But I saw like a group of players like, nah, we 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 don't want to lose this game today. We're not gonna lose this game, which was very good to see. It was nice, wasn't it? It was nice. Yeah. Um, and I said at the end of that episode, I like QPR winning. I like nice things. I would like to have said nice things a little bit more often. And they duly obliged with, mm. um, you know, especially in the second half, a pretty dominant win. Yeah, I've got to say, um, I we historically are awful at Preston. I think we won, excuse me, last year um, under one manager. I, I believe it was Critchley. I think that was yeah. his only one, wasn't it? You would be correct. That was uh, whilst Ilias Chair was playing against Croatia in the World Cup. Yes. Yes, it was. Wow. That feels like a lifetime ago. It really or, does. You're or right. three managers ago. We had three seasons in one season last year. So I, yeah, I don't think that's deniable. And, and the season before that, we had two seasons in one season. And the season before that, we had two seasons in one season. We've, we've not had one season yet. Yeah. I, I I saw a tweet the other day saying it's sort of like a year since Beals left. And it's like, no, that's not true. It's been 10 years. <laughs> it's been at least a decade. Like yeah. we, we had four prime ministers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we actually, how many have we had? We might. It, might <laughs> been, it might have been four. 
It's at least two or three. It's, at least, it's, it's Liz Truss and Sunak. I can't remember if Johnson overlaps, but it might be three. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, now I, I went into Friday's game thinking, look, if we come out of this with a point, I know Preston's form has, has taken a bit of a nosedive in November, like it always does. But um, if we come out of a point, I'll be happy. Um, and they'll know what halftime I was chuffed. I didn't feel like they were going to score, although I also didn't feel like we were going to score, but I, I never really feel like we're going to score, to be honest. Um, <laughs> not normally. So, yeah, and then obviously, which I'm sure we'll get onto, one substitution really changed the game. Oh, yeah, so let's t- cover that team news now. <laughs> um, Reggie Cannon came in, Jake Clark Salter came in, Chair had 45 minutes of rest and then came on the second half and changed the game. Vazell started the game and Dixon Bonner moved to the bench, which I know that the footballing world was gutted about. Um as a whole. As a whole. <laughs> that's the one thing that everyone's agreed with. Entire <laughs> uh, world decide uh, at six o'clock on Friday night. Now uh I'll get my obligatory mention of the fact that I was on BBC London radio last week. Um <clears throat> and I should I should have because they had an interview with um Steve Cook. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, they, and they, he talked about how the fact that he was in it like an ice bath all day Thursday or something like that or Wednesday, and he didn't get sleep very late in the evening. And it should have tripped. I, I, I then, yeah, I then sort of spoke to Ben about the prospects of Chair or Willock or someone like that being rotated. It didn't even dawn on me for about five seconds that you know the aging footballer Steve Cook might not be risked on a Tuesday to Friday situation when we actually for once have a fit centre-back in reserve but uh, and as soon as that team sheet dropped I was like oh yeah Clark Salter why yeah. why why was that <laughs> not right like an obvious sort of thing for me to say yeah look, <laughs> yeah you know he, he come in and done a good job I felt well he, yeah I mean it's the same story and he? he always plays well when he's fit um yeah <laughs> It's just well, that sort of like, well, what happens this weekend with with selection there? Like, do you keep him in? Do you try and play? He's had that extra day of recovery. Uh, we'll cover that later on anyway. Um, okay. So, you know, how? I guess, yeah, how much can you read into this this selection? Or is it just a sort of byproduct of the Tuesday-Friday fixture? Yeah, schedule? I, I think he said after Stoke as well that um, he thought load management was important. Um I think it's bold this early into your job to rest Willock one night and then rest Chair on the other when when you haven't when you're chasing points and you haven't got a win yet. Um, I think that probably goes to show the confidence that he has in like his system, his style of play. <clears throat> Maybe it goes to show where Willock's kind of fallen from a year ago. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to be negative about Willock. He's got two goals in two games. Um, but I, I think it's, I think it's brave. I think both the selections were brave in the week. So I think you've got to give him his credit to come out with with six out of nine points, and you could probably argue that maybe we deserve the point against Norwich as well. Yeah, with I mean, those changes. it all looks so much better having got those two wins, you know, and it feels so much nicer. And you, you, you know, ultimately now that, you know, chair coming on for the second half will be deemed a masterclass and a masterstroke. It was brilliant sort of tact. It's at least, like I said, it's brave. It maybe shows a little bit more awareness of the situation and ever so slight restraint, you know, because let's just say, for argument's sake, if Beal was still manager, 
Willock and Chair would have played all three games. I would have played at least over 70 minutes. You yeah. wouldn't have had him rested. Yeah. And it is different to say what Ainsworth had at points last season when you nothing we would have w- w- wanted nothing more than to rotate Dunn and Dickey out of the squad because it wasn't doing any good for anyone seeing them play. And yet there was no fit centre-backs. There was no one else that could play there. So they had to keep on playing. Ainsworth yeah. never had the luxury of Balogun actually appearing for once and Clark Sulter not being injured. Yeah. Having said that, the football wasn't good anyway. And I don't think them two appearing would have made a massive difference. But, you know, he Marty has at least got the luxury of having a fit centre-back waiting yeah. there. And he, he can rotate. So there's a bit, as with everything in football, you you, you ride your luck. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, not, not to reopen the Ainsworth wounds, but, you know, the, the football wasn't great and it was clearly had to come to an end, but he never quite got that kind of luck as such. That you, He needed to get lucky. Let's be honest. He needed mm. to get lucky early on. Um, and in the same respect, Marty needed to get lucky Uh to an extent to start with just because of the league position we're in. I'm not saying that like he's a better or worse manager than Ainsworth, but purely off the league position, he needed to get lucky to start because he's a guy that's come in from another country. There's all these questions, Marty who, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So he needed to get lucky and he got a bit. That's why I was so happy that we won on Tuesday because that slice of luck that we got absolutely Mm. not a penalty. I where I was sat, we didn't even know it was a penalty until Dyke yeah. said the ball in his hand. I thought it was an offside. Um, and obviously, then the second yellow is as comical as the first. I've got to be honest, you guys were being quite nice about it. <laughs> in the I, I was, for the, I, I thought it was really soft that red card, and I, I was surprised the, the, the Ben was a little. The phrase I think he used was, You've seen him given. Yeah, he's... well, you yeah, like you see him give him all the time. That's the thing. So, I, mean, like, I did, guess he it did technically see it given on Tuesday. I guess technically it is now a red card in modern football. But I, I would be fuming if that was like I don't know, Kakai yeah. pulling someone back and he got sent off for that. I would be up in arms. Yeah, <laughs> but it but is that anyway. little bit of luck. And you know, Ben Pearson scored an own goal, Mike. Like, like this, this is the point. This like, is the point. I'm in terms to, of right? cashing in our luck, we cashed in a lot on that evening. And that's the point I'm getting to. We cashed in all our luck for the last year. Own goal, dubious red, dubious penalty. Um, Chris Willock remembering how to play football, right? So Tuesday, yeah. we got that luck that maybe Ainsworth never took advantage of, and Marty needed to. There was nothing lucky about Friday. Friday was purely and simply the most professional performance that we've put in for at least a year. Yeah. Like at least. It's brilliant because the extended highlights are back. And whilst, you know, we won. We won. And and, (laughs) well, no, you're saying about it being very, you know, a professional performance, but precisely one minute, 40 seconds of about 11 minute video of the first half made it into that. The first yeah. half was not good. Like it wasn't watch, good, but it was like, it was what needed to happen though, down. didn't it? Because yeah. like, you know, it, it to make the sort of chair situation work, and maybe it's him look reading the situation with Preston sort of like to perfection. He realized that, you know, if you just sort of contain them for the first 45 and yeah. then 
bring on all our better players and sort of like I, I really like his subs because he's pretty he seems to be proactive with them yeah he's actually willing to Love. get players on like you know we signed Larkesh this season and he's actually getting more game time now and like he's look at he's got energy he's got desire he's got you know he yeah. might I don't know if, we, if he's ever going to be like a really really good player but he's certainly got something about him he's got yeah, that sort of you know, that real fight. And Kakai, I've said it before, but he's turning himself into a very steady pro at this level, I think. I've been yeah. played quite a bit. Cannon's obviously that step up, and you saw that at Stoke when he came on. He made that brilliant impact straight away. But Kakai's yeah. more than capable of dealing with quite a lot of the players in this division now. Um, yeah. So the willingness to actually shake it up and, the, and to think sort of whether it is part of the game plan or not, he actually thought about it and made a change which I love. I absolutely love that. Uh, but yeah. the first goal, let's quickly go through that. Dazelle, I mean, time and space, and he hits a beautiful ping. Like, it's just... Having a debate about this ping. <clears throat> don't know, I don't know, I don't know if Goldman's listening, but we were having a debate as to whether uh, Chair crossed or shot. He believes that Chair crossed the ball. He believes that Chair shot the ball. I believe he crossed it. I'm going to give you the deciding vote, Alex. I was talking about the Zell's pass first into chair. Oh, into chair. Sorry for yeah. I've got ahead of myself. But we'll already. get onto that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's a brilliant <laughs> ball from the Zell, and it's kind of like classic, like Andre Dazelle. If you kind of like, think of what he can probably do, that is absolutely it. But say, a, say the Cardiff pass. That's yeah, it's the Cardiff pass, off. baby. <laughs> That's <what> everybody hates. <laughs> I was there for that. And so it was like, beautiful. We were me, and Ben. We were <laughs> Yeah. Because you were sat in front of me, weren't you? Yeah, I, I came and found you, but I don't think I found Ben that night. I, I managed to find him after the game somehow. It was it was it was fun. It was nice. Um <laughs> obviously, you know, you got the Powell chair link up again, seems to be sort of getting a bit slicker again. And there was a, a nice move in the first half involving the Powell obviously Willock instead of chair. But yeah, you know, that seems nice and slick. Chair cuts in and at least whether he's taking a shot, whether he's crossing the ball, he cuts in and decides what he's going to do with it straight away rather than sort of like cutting in and <laughs> stop and stop and drag back ah, and go. And, and it, yeah. it just, he just does it. He puts it in the box. Yeah. Cut, whether it's a cross, whether it's a shot, it lands at the feet of Paul Smith. And Paul Smith's run is brilliant because he starts very far out on the right yeah. and the Preston player has no idea where he is. It's brilliant. I, I really, he drifts in. He's, he's in the last couple of weeks has really traveled players one-on-one -on -one with his pace. His delivery yeah. not quite been there, but it, his pace is such an asset to a side that has minus pace a lot of the time. <laughs> and, and his dribbling too. And his dribbling. Yeah. Like some people are just like fast wingers that just knock it past the man and like go around. Like Smith will beat his man and beat him again, type thing. Yeah. He, he won't cross it very well, but like he he'll get to the byline every single time. He needs um, to sort of have that space to be able to cut in, and then hopefully you get that situation like Stoke where someone lays a hand on him and he can try and buy the penalty or something yeah. like that, or he can cut in and take the shot. I think it comes off the fact that at, at under twenty three level for us, and I think in Ireland, obviously he he played as a striker, as like an out and out nine. Yeah. Um, so I think his and obviously he's been shifted out wide as he's gone into professional games. So I think like he's not like a natural winger as such. He's more of like a wide forward. But because of the because of like the width of our wingers in our team, like he ends up kind of doing that kind of like wide winger type thing. Yeah. Um, 
But I, I will say as well with the goal, like one thing that I thought was going to be a trend under Ainsworth, but then kind of stopped after the after the Watford game, that we've come back with Marty and has come back when Dixon Bonner plays, is the amount of players we get into the box now. Mm. Like we we don't it's 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 obvious outside of Dykes, I don't think we have a player in our team that scored more than 10 goals in a single season. We don't have like the, the embarrassment of riches up front that like Leicester have or whatever. But like if we're getting that many men in and into those dangerous areas and chairs quality of delivery is like it has been since Marty comes in, we're gonna score a lot more goals from crosses from working the ball into the box than we have done in the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to be very generous to chair and say that was a cross. Thank you. Cause I thought it was a cross as well. I, I don't think it's, I think he's just hoping someone gets on the end of it. My thing it, is we've like, seen him shoot from there and he hits it with much more venom than that. Yeah. That's my thing. When he shoots from there, you know, because it either like curls into the top corner or it just like flies out of the stadium. Yeah. Like he so, absolutely leathers it when he goes through a shot. Yeah. yeah. He loves it or he does like that weird kind of like finesse thing that he did against yeah. Hull. Yes. Like, yeah. That that felt like a cross to me. Absolutely. Um sorry about that. Th- th- very quickly before we, we move on, then Dixon Bonner has a chance to score. And oh god, if it, this went in, then like I said, the footballing world would rejoice. Like, <laughs> you you, you, you you sort of like softly called him a Zinedine Zidane regen in the chat. Like this is. I said, I said, if he could shoot, it'd be like having Zidane. And I think it was like two minutes before he had that shot as well. But here's the thing: there was one before it that he sliced like miles wide that everybody's just forgotten about because like he's had that shot that nearly went in. Um, um, there's nothing like a bit of rewriting history. There's not, but I love him. You love him. We, yeah. we we're all on the Dixon Bonner train now. I, I it's just that that massive point of difference in midfield, isn't it? He's got something that no one else has, and he looks at home straight away. Yeah, in, in this team, like, it, and I, I'm disappointed every time he's not in it. Um, and it it it, it started off as a joke because <laughs> we didn't know what he was. <laughs> Turns out he's probably one of our best midfielders. I think we're I think we're responsible for the rise in Elijah Dixon. Uh, you know what? We're, I'm glad that we're finally responsible for something. You know, like <laughs> well, we've been responsible for things in the past, but we uh we won't get into that today. Right. So as mentioned before, Dazelle is loving a big ping. He's loving a big switch at this point, mm. and I have to say I'm all on board for it. It feels very much sort of right into the the brand of what Marty wanted about sort of like letting the ball kind of, I guess, do the work a bit more and using it, passing it about, not just for passing sake, but passing it to create that space to move the opposition players a bit like a chess piece and stuff like that. And yeah, like it a lot. Yeah. Nice. Nah, it's, it's um, just in general, I, I feel like there was a little bit of a trend Um with Warburton and maybe sort of towards the end of Beal where it was like passing for passing's sake, it kind of felt like we were, especially that that back end, that horrible Warburton run at the end where it was a lot of just kind of like passing it, passing it, but no real direction and teams would sit off us and kind of wait for us to give the ball away. And then because we were awful on the counter, we were awful defending counter attacks. 
we would just concede. But it, it feels like there's purpose to the possession now. It feels like, like you said, moving the opposition press around like chess pieces, trying to find players, get the ball to players in positions they like. I, I think Chair picked that ball up on that left-hand side and, and drove inside about four or five times mm. in that second half. I think he completed like the most dribbles and he played half the game or something it's ridiculous. Brilliant, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant. Uh, so we already mentioned him earlier on in the podcast, but Lakesh involved in another goal. It's pretty simple yeah. what he does, but you know, he's high up the field. He receives a ball from Dazelle or whoever it was sort of like who switches it and he puts the ball through to chair and it's a nice ball. He's just on side chair. The guy who's playing, uh, Willock's marker is, I think, is just playing him on. If he's not, who cares? We've scored. <laughs> There's no VAR in the championship for good reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's a, it's a I nice I won't say too much. <laughs> he's onside, Micah. Factually, he's onside because of goal, the goal stood. You, so you can't, yeah. you can't say otherwise. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. So the ball gets slid through the chair. Chair puts it across. Willock scores at the back post. Not the most uh, inspiring of finishes, I'd say, from Chris. But, you know, the ball went in. And I think most QPR fans in that moment would have had that sort of little flutter and that sort of imagined, say, like, they were wearing, like, you know, you've mentioned Warburton's tenure there, but... You see him sort of link up like that, and you kind of imagine them sort of doing that in the previous yeah. kits, sort of like in that black and gold kit, and yeah. maybe sort of like the occasional times they did it under Beal, and you're sort of like, oh, we've got. I remember now we've got good players, and they remember yeah. it too. <laughs> like... I think what one I what I distinctly remember, ironically, was do you remember Hull last season at home? I think we beat a three one. Yeah, and the two of them like ripped Hull apart. I completely yeah. destroyed him in that first half. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, one thing I'll say about Willock is I'm still not convinced his performances are where they were. Um, but what I will say is what I've enjoyed from him is in a week we've seen him play left wing. We've seen him play as like the most furthest forward central midfielder. And then um, at the end of the game on on Friday, he was out on the right. Yeah. Um, so he's he's kind of adding strings to his bow instead of being like that guy that maybe isn't quite, you know, hasn't quite got what it takes to play out wide and maybe doesn't score enough to go up front. Maybe he's a 10, but he could, yada, yada, yada. He's now kind of like rounding out his game a bit more. Like that, that move into the middle of midfield, I'd always thought it would suit Chair a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I'll say, I'm not sure Willock is where he was. And, you know, maybe... It's the case he's still got his eye on that move at the end of the season. But I think the fact that Marty's seen that in him and said, no, do you know what? I think there's three or four roles outside of the role that you normally play that you can play for me and do it at a decent level. I mean, it's, it's, it's promising. It's promising yeah. so far. You know what? I don't, I don't want to get hopes up with Willock, but I think there is, you know, the key thing about this is that he scored goals. You know, that that goal against Stoke is kind of more like the classic archetypal Willett goal takes the ball yeah. on the edge of the box, drives on a little bit and then takes that shot on. But it's nice to see him scoring those goals and he's played a full 90 there pretty much. He came off 90 plus two for Kelman, but he's playing a lot more football. He seems to be 
you know, even if he is not the player he was, he's still kind of like he, he he's getting confidence back, I hope, and yeah. sort of trying to and, and having a bit more enjoyment out of it. Whereas yeah. in the past, it, it just didn't look enjoyable for him. It looked very, it, it was, I didn't love it. I didn't, you know, I, I think out of the two of them, I am more of a chair fan just because he's been here that little bit longer. And, yeah, it, you know, all, all that comes with that. But it, Willock is a fantastic footballer, especially at this level. And to see him link up with chair again, sort of like, and get somewhere back to where he was is brilliant. And you know what? Like I said, don't want to get hopes up, but no one really knows what that contract situation's like. He could very well be playing for a contract elsewhere, and he could. I don't know who he could move to. There's no like clear, yeah, obvious rumor. Well. Um, not even sort of like when he was very clearly for sale, probably at the start of this season, because you know it was clear that Ainsworth didn't fancy him, and he was trying to get, probably trying to get rid of him. I. I you know, he just wasn't featuring at all. Maybe well, I think mutual, wasn't it? I think yeah. you could see that they weren't having each other, were they? <laughs> no. So, like, dare I say it? It's only been two games of wins, but dare I say it? Like, if it, you know, if the football is that little bit more enjoyable, he's got his he's playing with his mate again in the Ilias chair. It might just make the idea of staying at QPR for like another year or another two years ever so slightly more appealing because. You know, let's be honest, he's had two horrendous injuries. You're not going to get a big club taking a punt on you. You're not, not going like to take the less. No, I wouldn't even say like a rogue promoted team from the championship would take a punt on him. Like it, it, a relegated team, maybe. I even guess then, that is like, yeah. Even then, it's like, well, you could, we could probably get another kid from Europe on less money than you, who's younger than you, who will end up probably being better than you. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, he's probably gonna have offers, but I think that the what one of those offers will be from QPR. And yeah, that I, offer I, I will be, be that little bit more attractive yeah. now. I want to be fair to him because when Beal was here and we were playing well, he was openly talking about that. Yeah, we're we're talking to extend with Willock. Willock wants to stay. Yada yada yada. Yeah. That obviously went quiet with Ainsworth whatever problems the two of them had they're in the past now so so I want to be fair to him with that what I would say with him is I remember just assuming Dykes wasn't going to sign that new deal we'd have to sell him this mm. summer especially yeah. with global interest and I think Dykes made the smart decision which is that there's not really anywhere for me to go that isn't either sideways or just a step up that isn't really big enough to justify me making that step up where's the best place for me to be probably where I am now obviously yeah. it's a bit different for Dykes because if Dykes goes and scores four goals at the Euros we probably get five six seven mil for him and like you know everybody shakes hands and goes uh, all right if Dykes scores four goals at the Euros I might never get over it <laughs> I saw your eyes light up as soon as I said that and I regretted it it's I completely regret it <laughs> opening game versus Germany everyone's thinking is oh you know, is it a resurgent Germany, their own tournament? What's nope. that coming over the hill? No, that's Lyndon Dykes coming <laughs> to spoil the Germans' Dykes. party. <laughs> yeah, so like, <laughs> but <laughs> back back to Chris Willock and not Scotland's um, hypothetical Euros chances. Um, 
I think unless there really is a club that's coming in and says, look, we've got this role for you under this manager, we're, we're going back to the Premier League within a year. Is it really worth like yeah. leaving? Like I, I think we've shown as a club that like if we get enough money for you, we're not going to stand in your way, right? Yeah. So like, he signs for three years and within a year, somebody comes in with like six, seven mil. We're not going to be like, no. No, sorry, yeah. it's good money, but we're keeping you. Look, we've literally got to be top of the league probably at that point for him not to be sold. Yeah, and even then, even then, honestly, like the money's good enough. Yeah, I think, uh, you'd like to say that they've learned their lesson, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, so uh, we've got a tough game against Hull this coming Saturday. I mean, they're, they're a side that, um, you know, the the Turkish revolution that goes on down at Hull sees them sit sixth in the league on 30 yeah. points. But when were Preston in the playoffs? No, they weren't, were they? I think they, they were, were eight. They were a couple of points off it, though, to be but, fair. They yeah. They, so, you know, this is they, they're having a... I don't see much written about Hull. They seem to be a little bit of the dark horse, I'd say. Go, You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a long way to go yet. But everything seems to be, you know, on the pretty remarkable story that Ipswich are keeping, you know, on track with Leicester. That's a very remarkable thing for them to be doing, especially yeah. coming up from League One. But you've got big names in there like Leeds and Southampton and West Brom. You, know, you would, mm-hmm. I think Leeds and Southampton would have hoped to have been closer to the automatics but at this point. But you never really hear much about Hull. They seem, they're just... I just seem to think thickly they're going about their business very quietly, very quietly, and you know I don't think any of their their um any of their fans will you know want to get too excited too soon. But they've yeah. got you look at their look at their the names that have scored for them: Philogene, top top scorer, six goals, good young five player, assists. good you young know. player, yeah, Liam Delap De as well, De Lapp, good young player, Connolly as well. You know, is, Another is young a, player. a player that I think a lot of clubs in this league would have gone for. And you look down that list as well and you see Twine, who, you know, yeah. a year ago, right, everyone was clamouring for. Yeah. Everyone. And it, it just that sort of like classic thing is that he picked the be- the best team in the league. And, uh, you know, it didn't quite happen or whatever. So now he finds himself at a club that he probably should have joined a year ago. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite funny because, like, it's got all the ingredients of, like, what should be a really talked-about team. Like, I don't know what the average age in the squad is, but, like, it's a lot of exciting young players in that team. Yeah. You know, you've got Liam Delap on loan from Man City, who I know some Man City fans are quite keen on. Going through the squad, like you said, obviously, Aaron Connolly's there. I don't know, if, is that permanent from Brighton? I'm, I'm assuming it's on loan. I, th- but, I um, think it... I thought it was permanent. Let Maybe it you, you keep talking, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, good reason. But like looking right down the squad, you know, that, that there's young players throughout the team playing regularly, getting minutes. It's a young manager who like, from what I'm told, the, the Rooney revolution at Derby like comes down a lot to like his mind, his tactical brilliance. And he's kind of proving that because, you know, I mean, like, like no, no disrespect but like some some of these young players, they're not huge names. You know what I mean? Jacob Greaves at the back for Hull is not like a massive name, mm. but he's been really good for them this season, from what I've seen. So it's like it really does have all the ingredients of being like 
wow, this is the 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 team to watch. But I think it's just the headlines in the championship. You know, Rooney coming back, Leicester being down here, Leeds being down here, Ipswich kind of like surprising people or not surprising people and being second in the league. I mean, um, if it weren't for Ipswich, I'd say that Hull would be that sort of like talks about, oh, look how well they're doing. You know, they're doing it on yeah. a on a not necessarily a t- they're not doing it on a tight budget have they because they've actually got back and in from a new owner yeah, yeah. From a new owner but like it's sort of like they're going about it signing very sensibly uh aaron Connolly is a permanent signing for them he signed he for well, that's a very good three five million euros in the summer um that's a very good signing by them do you, he, he's played for obviously brighton middlesbrough and he's on loan at hull last season uh luton as well he was at loan at one point can you name the other team that Aaron Connolly has been alone at, and it's not a British team. So, is it a League of Ireland team? Uh, no, I mean, he started in the League of Ireland, so or maybe not. I don't think they're he, well, he's obviously started in Ireland, they got signed it, but it's a, it's a European team. Is it like a like a Cypriot or a Greek team or something? It's uh, no, it's Italian. Wow, but this is a, a Serie A, Serie B. I believe they were Serie A last season, but got relegated. I think. I mean, this team are more well known for the kits that they produce. Oh, is it that Vene- Venezia? Yeah, Venezia, wow. Vene- I think, or Venezia. I don't, I know. don't know. But no, yeah, no. that's a. I was just going through his transfer market, and it just like it stands out, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. When you put it next to Luton, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that cool, like he got uh Aaron, we, we've had a loan off a few years. Oh, what is it? Like, you know, Middlesbrough again or something like that. You know, do I have to go play somewhere cold? No, you're gonna go play in Venice. <laughs> what? You are? <laughs> That's his... his bag was packed. Yeah. He's like, if I'm not going back to Luton, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does, does Luton even have an Italian restaurant? Like... <laughs> um from our point of view, then there's, like you said, we've got plenty of games coming up. This is the, you know, the archetype or the typical sort of, oh, the championship. It doesn't get tougher than this, does it? It's sort of like, you know, <laughs> Jurgen Klopp's whinging on about twelve thirty kickoffs to uh, Amazon Prime presenters, whilst QPR are doing. I mean, Plymouth are having to travel up to us on Wednesday evening, and then we're going to have to travel to Sheffield Wednesday, uh, week Saturday before you then get into the December fixtures that are just chaotic with, mm. you, you know, playing on the 23rd, then the 26th, then on the 29th against... And then New Year's good, Day. Yeah, on New Year's Day. So, you know, it, it comes thick and fast at this time of year. So will we see this, you know, rotation again? That You've got Cook hasn't pl- didn't play... Obviously, Cannon came off. Will he start? Dixon Bonner can come on. I wouldn't say he's been... He, he wasn't brilliant against uh, Stoke. So, you know, if you've then got the sort of like genuine tactical decision, do you want to play Dunn or do you want to play Cook? You know, mm. it, you know it, or do you want to play Clark Salter? I know who I'd want. Mm. Is that going to be the partnership we get? I don't know. You know Dazelle, does he drop out? Smith, does he drop out? Because all of a sudden you've got, he'll want to keep Dykes in, but you've got Chair proving how good he is. Wilkes scoring goals. Smith's finally scored a goal and is just a threat with his pace. For once, 
for the first time in a long time, we have genuine options that don't make you want to pull your hair out. You know, like well, this. We'll it, see how we feel at 5pm on Saturday. Well, we, we will see. <laughs> but the, the option right now of me thinking, like, do we want to play Dixon Bonner or Dazelle? Oh, I don't know. Whereas in the past, like, do I do, do Dixon? Uh, no. Are we going to play Dixon Bonner? No, we're not. Of course not. We're going to play, maybe play Duke McKenna and Dazelle will play a full 90 minutes. <laughs> like, well, you know, it's kind of, it, it's nice. This is a nice change. Ah, it is. It is. And it, it goes to show another thing as well, which is like trusting your players. Like, I mean, I was going to use Larkesh as an example, but I guess maybe there's, there's no way trust a footballer more and to play him as a right wing back in his first start for the club. He's, he's never played right wing back, I suppose. <laughs> but um, but even with Larkesh, just him just giving him minutes and being like, do you know what? I think Powell can play mid. Because I think that's been said. That's kind of been floated about like parts of the fan base. Like, oh, Powell's so technically secure and he's like so intelligent. He could play in midfield. But it's it's, it's like the, oh, Trent could play in midfield thing. Like everybody talks about it. But like until well, now. I, I don't think. But yeah. Oh, for my, if you want my opinion, I don't think Trent should play in midfield. I think there should be, there's plenty of, especially for England. I think there's plenty of midfielders out there that can play in midfield. Yeah, well, that that that's another conversation <laughs> entirely. <but> I sense <laughs> disagreement, talking. but yeah. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say disagreement because I hear what you're saying for Liverpool. I hear what you're saying for England. Mm, I don't know, but again, there's another thing entirely. Um, but like. Back to Kenneth Powell, who's obviously on the same level as Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, <laughs> we we we've it's been said like, oh, Powell could play in midfield, Powell could play here, but nobody's ever really, even Bill, who said it first, nobody's ever really been like, all right, go on then, like yeah. run free, go, go and play mid. But Marty, like an away game, one nil down to Norwich, is like, yeah, all right, like go on then, <laughs> get in the middle of the park, mate. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's. it's... It's interesting though, isn't it? He's at least trying something different. And but I think he trusts them. And yeah. I like that. Because I always kind of felt like Bill was just constantly like I used to coach Chelsea, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Oh god. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah, like, oh, no. I'm watching now I'm watching Aussie Kakai put a cross in, like oh. <laughs> Whereas Marty's like, do you know what? Like your chapter kind of isn't written yet. Like maybe you could be a midfielder. Like go out there, like give it go. Yeah, um, I like that kind of idea. Even though Bill went on about like your best version of yourself or something like that. Really, it all it was was sort of like, right, this is Chris and this is Ilias, right? They're going to do everything, and you board. guys are going to pass it to them, and occasionally they'll pass it to you, yeah. and also, you might try and score. But don't you fucking dare give it back to them. <laughs> also, there's this wing back I've just signed who I used to breastfeed as a child, by the way. Like... Yeah. Pass it to him if you can't find Chris or Ilias. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's so true. You know, it definitely sort of like real sort of Darren Brent style. We would definitely would have got, you know, I I, I coach Chelsea. Like Trent, I, I coach Trent. And that guy <laughs> crosses in, that was me. So I, I'm trying to think of like a decent player that has come out of Chelsea. Like, but I can't, I'm struggling. 
I don't know when it, whether like De Bruyne would have been there. Like, nah, we we are not in the business on this podcast of discussing decent players to have come out of Chelsea. Yeah, that's because they don't exist. I mean, there we go. Mason Mount's getting plenty of minutes at Man United, isn't he? It's definitely not yeah. a Nepo baby at Chelsea. <laughs> Rhys James um, loves Reece James loves a red card as well. Oh, you you love to see it. <laughs> the the Jameses have a, a. I said this in the summer when Lauren James got sent off in the World Cup for the women. Yeah. It's like the 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 Jameses just have this unnatural ability to get themselves removed from the pitch when it comes to playing for England. It's just and it's you, always you have to be, yeah. You have to be in slight awe of it. Is actually. <laughs> <laughs> like that Lauren James one at the World Cup, I'm still now like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? Um, but yeah, anyway, enough about Chelsea. Anyway, um, I think we're going slightly delirious here. We have loved the fact that we could talk about another win. And at some point, you know, going to have to come to terms with this, Micah, but at some point over the next couple of games, we might not win a game. Nah. We will. We're winning it all. We're winning it all. You're right. But it's, you know, it only gets tougher from here with the sheer amount of games. So, you know, maybe Paul Smith might not have so much pace come the end of December. He might be a little bit burnt out and such. But I I feel like overall the message that we're trying to say is that we have a lot more faith in what we're trying to do now that Marty's at the club. And he's actually, him and whoever's, you know, Javi Calm, whatever, and, you know, various other backroom staff that, you know, di- different things are being tried. Like you said, players are being trusted. And I'm sure that is only ever going to be a good thing for a player if your manager actually sort of says, no, you're actually, no, you are good. You are good at football. Let's actually play football. You know, yeah. like yeah. that, that must feel really good as a footballer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, and, and I think as well, one thing that's overlooked is that like, I don't want to cuddle coddle uh, a group of men that are paid like thousands of pounds a week and are probably all living comfortably whilst like all of us struggling to pay our electric bill. But like to go through four managers and especially like in the circumstances that Bill left, I think it must be nice for those players, especially those ones on the periphery to feel like a guy's come in and like sees them as footballers and values them and thinks that they can be useful, like in a 90 minute game. Um, and I, I think it's coming across on the pitch as well. Yeah. Well, I hope the game on Saturday is uh, as entertaining as it can be. And I hope we can have another win because, mm. you know, it, the, the one annoying thing about it is that we have started picking up points when other teams around us have decided to also pick up points. So if we could win and then all those other teams that are normally shit could just still be shit, that'd be really good. Really good. <laughs> Yeah, that's a nice way to simplify it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Micah, thank you again for coming on. My pleasure. Always fun, whether we're talking about naked Kendalls or uh, Kenneth Powell's midfield capabilities. Thank yeah. you very much for listening. This is our generation on there. And until next time, come on, you ask.